Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. Well, what kind of day is this? And what are we going to do? Rejoice and be glad in it. You know, uh, our day shouldn't tell us what's going to happen. We should tell our day what's going to happen. It's kind of like Smith Wigglesworth said, you know, uh, my body doesn't tell me what to do. I tell my body what to do. So I tell my body what to do every day. You know, I uh, have this friend and... I don't think he'll ever learn. You know, it's like, oh, he's a little bit older than I. He, uh, he's uh, been with us actually for a long time. He and Pastor are about the same age. And so he'll say, oh, just wait till you get this way. And I said, no, that's not going to happen to me. Oh, you just wait. Well, I want to tell you what. What he's saying is coming to pass in his life. It's not coming to pass in my life. Amen. Because I don't speak those things into existence. I speak life. I speak health. I speak energy. I speak strength. Hallelujah. And I keep on walking fast. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. I've always walked fast and I'm not going to slow down just because of numbers. And besides that, I just pick the number I like and stay with it. Uh, I'll tell you, those numbers will do a number on you if you'll let them. Yeah. When I uh, reached 50, which, you know, I never had um, birthdays didn't bother me. Uh, But then I I reached 50, and I really liked 50. Um, I really liked all of the decade of 50s, you know. But, man, they passed really fast. Yeah. So about the time I reach the next decade, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, if 50s passed fast, 60s are going to pass faster. And, you know, your mind will do a number on you. You start thinking, okay, if 60s pass fast, 70s are going to pass even faster. Now, I will tell you, uh, I started getting a little depressed. And I'm thinking, depression's not going to get a hold of me. And I thought, okay, how am I going to beat this? And you know how I decided to beat it? I'm going to go back to 50. (laughs) I'm going to go back to 50. You know, what could I do at 50? I can still do at 60. What I could do at 50, I can still do at 70. Hallelujah. So 50 is stuck in my mind forever. Now my son says, Mother, next year I'm going to catch up with you. I said, that's okay. You can go past me if you want to. I love 50. Because I was old enough to say what I wanted to say. Didn't care what people thought, you know. And, uh, but you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And you know what? We, we call upon the strength of God. We call upon that strength of God. Uh, like I said, every morning, do, do I feel like, woo? No, I don't in the natural, but hallelujah, with the spirit and the life of God in me, I can shout hallelujah, I can have strength. And so you need to have the right thought life. Well, we're going to turn over to Matthew 24 again. We've been talking about navigating seasons in our life. Uh, We're also talking about recognizing the seasons and the times that we are living in. I know that as a, um, actually actually as a child and as a, um, as getting in junior high and high school, There was a lot in our church, there was a lot of teaching on the end times. 
You know, Jesus uh, may come tomorrow, and he could have come, you know. And uh, many times um, they would talk about the signs of the time, but then it was like all of these things talking about end-time prophecy that it may be interesting, but it was never interesting to me. And the reason it wasn't, it's because it's all speculation. We really have no idea, you know, uh, of trying to interpret Daniel Revelation. It's, it's just all speculation. And so I always thought, okay, I need to know what I need now. You know, I mean, after all, when, you know, when all that, all of that's going to happen, we can't do anything about it, but there are things that we can do about, and those are the things that we need to concentrate on. And so, um, look in, let's see where I want to go. Uh, look in Matthew 24, um, starting with 37, verse 37, it says, but as the days of Noah were, so also shall the son, shall the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the son of man be. Then shall two be in the field and the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. And I remember, you know, the ministers talking about that we had one associate that um, he spoke a lot on Sunday nights and that's all he spoke on was revelation. He would read the scripture. And as a child, I would think, okay, I'm not going to be the one that's left. I'm going to be the one that's taken. Now, I don't know who's going to be beside me, but they're going to be left and I'm going to be taken. (laughs) Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore... For you know not what hour your Lord doth come, but know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken. Here's the whole key, though. This next verse is the whole key to it all that we need to uh, do. Therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. You know, the most thing that we need to concentrate on in these days is to be ready. To be ready. Uh, We are living in a world, even in the Christian world, that has has been desensitized. Very desensitized. You know... Some things that, and, and you know, there are many things in the Bible uh, that's taught, hey, this is, this is wrong, you know? And yet, because of our culture, we have come to accept it and not think anything about it. You know? People living together and not married. Well, according to the Bible, that's wrong. And unfortunately, Christians are doing that. And we, oh, well, you know, that's just life these days. No, we, we are becoming desensitized. Uh, movies. Oh, my goodness. You know, I mean, there's very few that you can see. Thank goodness there are people that are making godly movies. And I am glad that Christians are responding to those. Because the other ones are, are horrible. But if you start watching those, you become desensitized. Not the ones that are bad. Uh, And you don't even realize that you're becoming desensitized. It's so important that we stay ready. That we do not allow the things of the world to desensitize us from the conviction of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit will convict you. But if you keep on overriding that, you know, uh, somebody tells a little lie. And I don't know why they say it's a little white lie. I mean, a lie is a lie. Right? You tell it once and, and the Holy Spirit convicts you. But you keep on telling lies, 
And all of a sudden, you're, you, you, don't, you become desensitized and you don't even recognize the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know it gets really quiet when you talk about holiness. But we need to live a holy life. Uh, you know, I'm so thankful for the grace of God. But, you know, there, there's been a teaching that's gone way too far on grace. So far that it's like, oh, well, you know, um, I've already been forgiven, so I don't have to ask for forgiveness. That's wrong. Wrong. I like to say it this way, and I heard this. Actually, this is not... I heard this from actually a a youth minister that was on television. And this is what he said, and I thought it was so good. He said, grace is how much God loves you. Holiness is how much you love God. We need to live a holy life. Unfortunately, in the days that we're living, sometimes you can't even tell a Christian from a non-Christian. It's all the same. And, you know, and, and there's more than uh, just um, in right living. It's like we need to, <coughs> excuse me, we need to exuberate the fruit of the Spirit. <coughs> your love. <coughs> your patience. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes, you know, I see people that I know that are Christians and they're at a store and they're just eating the salesperson out. And I'm thinking that's not a very godly example. Not a very godly example. As Christians, we need to look at the fruit of the Spirit. As Christians, we need to learn to forgive. I have never seen so many people that are offended and oh my goodness they keep that offense forever I don't understand it I you know it's like okay well I'm not talking to so and so they did this to me that's not how God desires it to be He said, and then you wonder why your prayers are not being answered. You wonder why things are not going right in your life. It's because you have unforgiveness in your heart. I wasn't going there, but I guess I am. Let's turn over to to Mark. My husband preached on Mark 11 last night. But we're in, uh, we are going to go in Mark 11, but we're going to go a little bit further. In Mark 11. Now, I will tell you, it is, you know, some personalities, uh, they are just made, it's easy for them to forgive. In the natural, they don't have a lot of trouble forgiving. There are some personalities that are like mine, okay? I had trouble forgiving, And the reason I did is because I, you know, I love very deeply. But when somebody hurts me, it hurts very deeply. And that hurt, it it wasn't, I guess, about forgiveness. It was about the hurt that they had given, had done to me. And I remember as we began to, um, when we traveled with Brother Hagen on the road, and of course, I mean, Almost every service, he would start with Mark 11, 22, 23, 24. And I was so excited about that because, you know, I, I've always been a very positive person. So the positive message just resonated within me. But then he would get to Mark eleven twenty five, And when ye stand praying, forgive... If you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. And then he would say this. 
You know, faith is not going to work with unforgiveness in your heart. And it's like, oh, Lord, I want my faith to work. But I have this unforgiveness in my heart. These people have hurt me. I have a good memory. And thank God, I will keep that good memory. (laughs) But I need to forget what they did to me. And it's like, okay, God, how do do I do this? And um, so I ask my husband because, uh, you know, honestly, um, in all of our married life, you know, some of the things that people would come up and say to him, I'm thinking, how can you not harbor bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart? And when we were traveling on the road and his dad would say, okay, son, you know, you speak tonight. I'll speak tomorrow night in crusades. And people would come up. I'm standing right beside my husband. People would come up and say, well, you know, I came here to hear your dad. And I was so disappointed that you were speaking and not your dad. Honestly, it, I mean, it was horrible. Now, I am be the one that would get mad. And, um, and I would say, honey, doesn't that bother No, no, doesn't bother me at all. Well, I realized because he had lived in a home where forgiveness was practiced all of his life. And, you know, on top of that, that was his personality that um, he had no trouble with forgiveness. I mean, people, even to this day, will come up and, and say, remember such and such that I said to you, and I, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And he would say, I don't remember anything you said, you know, because he would forget it immediately. And I said to him, honey, how, how, how have you, you do that? And he said, you just do. Well, that didn't work for me. Because I just couldn't do, you know. So I thought, okay, well, I'll ask his dad, you know, the great prophet. Dad, how do you do this? I've got to do this. I know I've got to do this. And you know what? So many people, so many times people rationalize with themselves. Oh, yeah, I've forgiven them. And yet you see him coming and you go, okay. You know, you ignore them. Well, if you're ignoring them and not speaking to them, you haven't forgiven them, guys. It's still in your heart. And it is not hurting them, but it is hurting you. Yeah, it's not hurting them. It's hurting you. And so I said, Dad, you know, how do you do this? Same answer. Like father, like son, you just do. Well, you just do wasn't good enough for me because that wasn't helping me. I just couldn't just forget it. Well, you know, the most important person that we can go to is our Heavenly Father because he he always has the right answer for you. He knows you. He created you. He knows your personality. He gave it to you. He gave you your strengths. He gave you your positives. He gave you your negatives. And by the way, a little side excursion. You know those negatives that you may have, you can turn them around into positives. I was, as my dad told me, I was a very stubborn child. It's like, okay, you... You get your mind on something, nobody's going to stop it. My youngest grandson's kind of like this. He, um, he was about five at the time. He's 13 now, but he was about five at the time, and his mother was really frustrated at him. And she said, Wesley, you are so stubborn. And he said, what does stubborn mean? And she said, that's when you make up your mind about something, and nothing or no one's going to change it. And he looked at her with that little twinkle in his eye that he still has. And he says, oh, yeah, I got a lot of stubborn. (laughs) So I had a lot of stubborn. (laughs) But you know what? 
God gave that to me for a reason. So what was the reason? Well, I want to tell you what. I learned to use that stubborn against the enemy. When the enemy said it can't be done, I said it can be done. With God, all things are possible. When the enemy tried to discourage me, tried to destroy me, oh no. You're not going to destroy me, Satan. Because my God is going to see me through. So anyway, with this forgiveness having unforgiveness in your heart the lord took me to matthew 5 44 and you know he may take you somewhere else because he knows what you need to help you overcome situations in your life but he took me to matthew 5 44 <clears throat> but i say unto you <clears throat> love your enemies bless them that curse you Do good to them that hate you. And most of all, he knew that I was a person of prayer. And he said, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. And so I, you know... The Lord told me, he said, you know, in your set of scriptures that you read every day, you need to read that one first. And you need to start out by praying for your enemies, blessing them. Did I want to bless them? No, I wanted to curse them. You know, I wanted to say, oh God, don't bless them, you know. But I prayed for them. And you know what? As you begin to do that, Time and time and time again. All of a sudden, now does that unforgiveness come out just immediately? No, if it's down there quite a long ways and you've harbored that quite a long time, it takes a while for that unforgiveness to come out. I know that, and and, you know, in ministry, you get hurt a lot. You really do. Uh, You get disappointed a lot. Ministry would be great if it wasn't for people. (laughs) Sorry, guys. But anyway, (laughs) but when you love people, you know, when you have a heart and compassion for people, even though they may hurt you, you still reach out to them. You know, I just got a text this morning about somebody that I, we'd given advice to and they um, didn't heed it. And, and so she said, sorry, we should have listened to you. We didn't. And now we're in this mess. And I wanted to say, I told you so, (laughs) but I didn't. I extended love to her, gave her some advice, you know. But, you know, but the more that you, the more that I prayed this prayer, that I prayed for my enemies, all of that offense, all of that unforgiveness began to to be destroyed. Began to be destroyed. Now, and I knew that I had truly forgiven When I prayed for them and could not even remember what they had done. Could not even remember what they had done. Now, let me tell you, like I say, you don't need to rationalize. Uh, There's one particular incident. Uh, It took me 10 years praying this every day for that particular person. Didn't come out easy because it was way down terribly hurt took me 10 years praying for this before I could pray and not even think of it but let me tell you once you pass that test and I'll tell you what it was so important that I passed that test because I've had marvelous opportunities since then to exercise unforgiveness But when you pass that test, I'll tell you what, now I can understand when my husband said, you just do, I just do. 
I just do. Now, the enemy will try to come back and put that back on you. This has been quite a few years ago. But, um, you know, there was a person, persons that um, just did something really hurtful, unexpected, never thought this would happen with these people. And all of a sudden, I'm really bothered by it. I'm really hurt, really hurt. And I could see that trying to come back up on me. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, this is what the Holy Ghost said. That is just another distraction. Get on with what I've called you to do. That is just another distraction. Now, I'm so glad that he said that because there's been quite a few distractions since then. And now when that happens, it's like, that's just another distraction. I am going to get on with what God had called me to do. Some of you are are in a circle that you're just going round and round and round and round because there's unforgiveness in your heart and you haven't conquered it and you wonder why that you're not going forward. It's because you have got to exercise forgiveness first before you can go forth with what God has for you. Hallelujah. 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 Praise your name. Well, I wouldn't, that's a side journey. So let's get on with what I really want to talk about. And that is the seasons of life. Be ready. Spiritual seasons. We need to be ready. Now, I guess that's how I got off on it. One of the things we need to do is to forgive. 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 Now, we talked about over in 2 Timothy 3.1 that um, Paul told Timothy that we were going to live, that would be difficult days in the last day. But then there was also other warnings that uh, Paul told Timothy. Let's turn over to 2 Timothy 4. And I'm going to, and this is verse 3, I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. 2 Timothy 4.3. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Now... My husband preached a sermon back in the 70s. Some of you may have heard it if you were in school at that time. And he called it Itching Ears. Itching Ears. Well, I'm telling you, we are in uh, the season of Itching Ears. And, and, And there's two sides as ministers. And I know there's ministers here. As ministers, we cannot uh, go down the path. In order to get people, we can't supply them what their itching ears wants to hear because you're going to be held accountable to God for teaching the whole truth. But as a congregation, we do not need to seek after just itching ears, just the things that we want to hear. Because we must learn to accept the whole gospel of God. And I will tell you, there are times that um, as a a minister and as speaking, uh, the Lord will direct the minister uh, to speak to things in your life that you need to change. Do we like correction? No, probably none of us do. But you need to listen. You need to learn. You need to do what God has, you know, alerted you to do. And yes, all of us, you know, just enjoy uh, learning about we can make it. 
and just keep the faith and that's good and that's well. But then there are some things that we need to learn that we have to do. We have the responsibility to do. So we do not need to be an itching ear. Now, there are other things. Um, over Paul told Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We need to be aware of things in the spirit world. And we need to not be those that will depart from the faith. You know, my father-in-law, you know, for as long as I was in the family and he was alive, he kept on teaching on faith, faith, faith. And there were some people, it's like, I've already, I've heard all of that. I'm going to go on and, and learn something else from somebody else. And I would hear him say, hey, the reason I keep on, on preaching on it is because you are not walking in the light you've received. And until you start walking in the light that you, that you have received, I can't go on further. We're not practicing what we've heard. And like I say, once again, you want to go uh, to hear something that um, you want to hear. But then let's go over to Matthew 24, 24. And this, uh, this is a real warning. It says, for there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. They shall deceive the very elect. I want to tell you what, there are false prophets arising in these days. And, you know, they may even show great signs and wonders. But I want to tell you what, and they may even try to deceive the very elect. But this is where that we must be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. We must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. In these last days, we must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit more than we have ever been sensitive to him. Uh, Let's turn over to John 14. And I'm going to read this in actually in the Amplified. John 14. If you are born of the Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is our guide. Now, what happens so many times is that, the, but the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit does not yell in your ears like the devil does. The Holy Spirit is, I like to say it this way, kind of whispers. Now, let me ask you something. How many of you have ever on the inside, uh, you know, it could be something very simple, but on the inside, something told you don't do that. Or something told you maybe you're... um, Maybe you're on the highway and something told you, don't go that path. And what'd you do? You ignored it, thought it was you. You went down that path and you got in a traffic jam, a real traffic jam. Do you realize that that was the Holy Ghost trying to warn you of things to come? And yet we ignored it. Now, I understand part of the reason sometimes people ignore that is because there are people that are what I call in the woo-woos way out there. (laughs) And they, oh, the Holy Ghost told me this and the Holy Ghost told me that. the The Holy Ghost didn't tell them anything. Yeah. And because I'm a woman, I can say this. The guys can't, so I'm going to say it. And women are really bad about this. 
And let me tell you, ladies, we are not Mrs. Holy Ghost to our husbands. I know, guys can't say this, but I can. And, you know, and, and that happens so many times so that what happens is those of us that don't want that to happen, we draw away from the fact that, that God is trying and the Holy Ghost is trying. He, God has sent the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, and we're ignoring his instructions because we're not sensitive uh, to listen to his voice. Now, let me tell you, as you're learning to listen to the Holy Ghost, um, the Lord will uh, uh, allow you to, uh, how do I want to say this? Uh, sometimes he'll allow you to understand you've ignored him, and, but he will teach you in that, that that was the Holy Spirit. Now, we think sometimes of him just leading us in in spiritual direction. No, he wants to lead you in your everyday life. Now, this is a simple illustration. It's really natural, and it sounds really stupid, but I'm going to give it to you, okay? Oh, it's been quite a long time ago. Uh, We were were going to a church for an anniversary service. We were leaving on... This is actually... We were not flying privately. We were on commercial airlines, and... My husband said, now listen, we're only going to be there overnight. So don't pack a lot. Just, you know, just pack what you're going to wear tomorrow and we're going to leave tomorrow night. I said, okay. And uh, so it was a, a formal thing. He had a suit. And um, so the next morning we're getting ready to, to go to church. I'm, uh, you know, I'm in the bathroom getting ready and he's studying. He's already ready. He's studying. He's got his church clothes on. And I always take a coffee pot with me. So I had the coffee ready. And so I took him some coffee. And I went to set it down in a place. And he said, no, set it here. And something on the inside of me said, "Mm, he shouldn't set that there. But of course... I didn't, you know, I, as husbands, you don't like for us to tell you what to do or how to do it. So I just ignored it and set it down, being an obedient wife, just set it down where he wanted to set it down, set it down. So now I'm continuing uh, getting ready and all of a sudden I hear, Whoa! Now, I know what's happened before I go in there. (laughs) He spilled coffee all over him. Fortunately, he had on a black suit, thank goodness, because he had no other clothes, you know. And, and of course, being the ornery person that I am, (laughs) I said to him, well, something told me that you shouldn't set that down there. And, of course, then he said, well, why didn't you tell me? (laughs) And if he hadn't been ready to preach, I would have told him why I didn't tell him. But you never do that when your husband is about to go preach, you know. You don't get in that kind of discussion. But yet, on the other hand, it helped me to understand that was the Holy Ghost. You know, trying to warn me, trying to help me. And I learned, actually, when I first came, uh, when we first came to work for Brother Hagen, I would get really frustrated because uh, we knew that whatever he wanted, we were going to have to carry it out, and he would wait till the last minute. And I would get so frustrated because it's like, okay, why can't God, why can't Brother Hagin, why can't he make up his mind and tell us ahead of time and give us some time and and not give us orders and say, well, that needed to be done yesterday. And I would get really frustrated until I observed, you know, people don't observe anymore. I I would observe and I would see 
that because sometimes he would discuss things, but he wouldn't decide exactly how we should do it. And he would just say, now I'm just talking out loud. I'm just talking out loud. And I didn't understand that until I, until all of a sudden when I started doing that, it's like, okay, sometimes until you talk something out, the Holy Spirit can't confirm exactly what needs to be done. Yeah, because the first time when he said that, and he would say, well, you know, I think we need to do this. I'd go do it. And I, no, 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 I didn't, t- I didn't mean for you to do it. I'm just talking out loud. And I, honestly, I had to ask God, what does talking out loud mean, you know? And um, so, but then I would see that the first talking out loud, if we had done it, it would have been all wrong. Or there were times when there were things that, yes, this needed to be done. But if we had done it in the wrong timing, it would not have worked. Because it was the wrong timing. And I realized, as he said, you know, uh, that we need to be led by our spirits. And he would not do anything or make any decisions until he had peace in his spirit, in his heart. And I learned from that, that now the same thing happens to me. It's like these people want decisions. And it's like, I can't give you a decision until I hear from God and I have peace in my heart. And, you know, we need to learn. Oh, let's read over in John 14, 16. It says, and I will ask the father. You know, the disciples were very frustrated uh, because Jesus was about to leave. And they thought, well, you know, who's going who's gonna to answer all of our questions? And who's going to help us and guide us? And he said, and I will ask the father. And he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, welcome, take to its heart because it does not see him or know and recognize him, but you know and recognize him for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. The Holy Spirit is in you, living with you constantly. And we need to listen to his instructions. And we need not to be so concentrating on our plans that we don't heed his plans. And so I learned um, very quickly because I was one that would plan, you know, And let's do this on time, you know. Uh, Let's not be late. Let's don't have interruptions, as I was talking about yesterday. Let's, you know. Well, all of a sudden, I would see that sometimes, like I said, if we'd done it in the time that we should or interruptions came, that there was a reason for those. And I learned not to get upset For instance, you know, it's like sometimes you'll get upset because uh, you're catching a plane and the plane's delayed and you miss your other plane and you're all upset. Listen, rest in the Lord. Because there may be a reason why you missed your plane. And there have been people that have gotten killed because they were in a hurry thought they had to be somewhere at a certain time and and this was in a private aircraft and guess what they're no longer here to proclaim the gospel of the lord jesus christ because they didn't heed warnings you know you can ask our pilots and and we tell them we don't have to be anywhere at any time if safety is an issue if safety is an issue uh, just recently, it was just several weeks ago, really it was right after Winter Bible Seminar, and we had uh, taken some time off. 
And uh, we were uh, resting to get ready for all of our crusades um, that are here. And so we were in our spot that we go for rest, and that's Branson. And um, so, you know, you kind of have routines. And so on Saturday, uh, we have a routine that we uh, get everything ready. We go to eat at a certain place, and we head home because we have to get ready for the next day. And so we were in the car getting ready to go. And so uh, my husband said, well, you want to go eat? And I said, sure. And he said, where do you want to go? And so when I thought about it, which we normally go to this one place, I said, well, we could go there. Or we could, because I like barbecue too. And I said, or we could go to the barbecue place. Which do you want to go to? Well, I knew probably he'd say the barbecue place because he likes that better than the other place. And I said, well, both of them are quick. You know, you just go order and both of them are quick. So in either one, we can go and I think we'll get out um, when we need to. Now, you see, I'm not understanding I'm being led by the Holy Ghost. And yet the Holy Spirit is leading me and guiding me. And so we go to this barbecue restaurant and, oh, my goodness, there's a line. I'm getting out, and there's never a line. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, probably we made the wrong choice because it may take a little while and we're going to be delayed getting home. But I get in line, and so, and then he comes and and gets in line. And I know sometimes he's a little impatient. I said, oh, honey, I I think it'll be, it won't take long. We'll, We'll make it. And so we, we get in line, we get our food, and we get our food, and we leave. You know, thinking, okay, well, we're on our way now. But we had been delayed probably about 30 minutes or so than what we normally would have been. So we get on the highway. Now, uh, we had gotten, uh, you get notices, and there had been a notice that there had been a 18-wheeler uh, overturned, and 44 was blocked for a while. But we got a notice, and it said it's unblocked now. So everything is clear. So we thought, good, you know. So now all of a sudden we get uh, just almost to Joplin, or right in the skirts of Joplin, and there's this big traffic jam. And I'm, this is what I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I thought they said it was clear. But there's this traffic jam. Why is this traffic jam? Now, all of a sudden, we see two ambulances coming back, you know, and they were coming to Joplin because they'd been right on the other side of Joplin, I guess. And I'm thinking, what is going on? Well, when we finally got to what was going on, this was a totally different wreck than what had happened because that one was on its own pass. There were two 18-wheelers overturned. There were several cars that were overturned. And obviously, there was injuries because there was two ambulances going to the hospital. Now, when we calculated the time, had we done what was normal, we would have probably been right there in the middle of that accident. Praise God for the Holy Ghost that sometimes you're not even understanding it, but if you just go with the flow, don't get frustrated at things. The Holy Spirit is leading you, is guiding you, is directing you. There are sometimes, you know, now I, I'm a personality. It's like, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Well, there's sometimes we need to wait and let the Lord make it happen and let the Lord make it happen. Sometimes I would think that that was being, um, oh, what's the word I want to use? Not um, uh, with slack, you know, in planning. But sometimes it's the Holy Ghost. That is warning you. Now, he will be your comforter. He will be your counselor. Whatever you need. God is right. The Holy Spirit is right there. God has given the Holy Spirit instructions to be your counselor. He can be the best counselor that you've ever had. He will tell you the exact words to say. He will help you in every situation in your life. 
Oh, it's been several months ago. There was uh, uh, some issues with some um, employees and I can't stand strife. No, I cannot stand strife. And there was some issues. And so um, finally, I, I was going to have to deal with it. The, the department head, HR, couldn't. I, I was going to have to deal with it. And I don't like to deal with things like that. And I usually don't deal with it until I'm so mad <laughs> that I deal with it wrong. You know, I don't wound, I kill. <laughs> It's just me. It's just like, I'm going to kill you, you know? <laughs> and so, I know, I mean, I am getting ready to go. I am setting, putting my makeup on and I'm saying, God, help me, help me, calm me down, calm me down because I'm going to kill this person. Because I've been dealing with this for about six months. Now I've had it. You know. And so I said, Lord, help me. Tell me what to say. Tell me what to say. Tell me what will uh, solve this situation. It was a situation between some uh, two, two employees. And all of a sudden, oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit said to me, the only way that you're going to reach this person is through the word of God. Now, honestly, I never really used the word of God in dealing with employee things. It's a natural thing, you know? Okay, you're right, you're wrong, you're not, both of you are wrong, da-da-da, you know? And so he said, gave me, I mean, all the scriptures. Here, I've got about 15 minutes to, before I'm going, gave me all the scriptures and said, you have them, you, you get them, you give them to them, you have them to read them aloud, and so, and, and one was on forgiveness because this was a forgiveness thing. And so, I did. Oh, my goodness. The Holy Ghost was so wonderful in that room that everything was resolved with those two employees that were having issues. Now, just today... I got an email from this employee and he said, I, I want to tell you, you know, I wasn't mature in how I responded to some things. I want to say how grateful I am for you and pastor to being so compassionate and forgiving toward me. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost knows how to handle every circumstance, every situation in your life if you will allow him to. He knows how to handle your children. He knows how to handle your spouse when you're having difficulty with your spouse. He knows exactly what you need to say, how you need to say it, to how they will respond if you will listen to him. And so it's so important. I know that as my kids were being raised and I would think, oh God, you know, how am I going to uh, help them to understand this, to understand what they must do, the rules that are set out. The Holy Spirit would help me every time. He is your counselor. He is your helper. He is your intercessor. He is your advocate. He is your strengthener. As I said, you know, I call on the strength of the Holy Ghost all the time. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't need to rest. You cannot just go without rest or sleep all the time. You're abusing your body. But there are times to where, uh, you know, the, uh, the last day of winter Bible seminar. Oh, my goodness. I was sick as a dog. Before I went to, to speak that morning, I had vomited. I, I, I don't know what it was, but I, cause I don't ever get sick, but I was, I, I, you know, I was sick. I was nauseated. And so I told the group as they were going out, I said, lay hands on me. I said, I need the strength of the Lord this morning. And oh my goodness, we had an awesome time, didn't we? We had an awesome time. The, you know, the Lord was there. The Lord came in 
And although during the service at, at some points I'd get a little nauseated, and, but that I would draw upon the strength of the Lord, and he got me through. He got me through. Now, after the service, I went and vomited. <laughs> but he got me through what I needed to get through. Because I relied on the Holy Ghost. And nobody else knew what was happening, but the Holy Ghost came through. The Holy Spirit is there for your guide. Uh, In closing, the Holy Spirit is there to help you in making decisions. And I know that I want to turn over to Matthew, Matthew 10. Matthew 10. Jesus was instructing the disciples in Matthew 10 verse 18 he said and ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake for a testimony against them and the Gentiles but when they deliver you up take no thought how or what ye shall speak for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak for it is not ye that speak but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you You know, there are times that you don't know what to say. I'll give one example and then we'll close because we need to pray. But years ago, we were needing, there were three buildings coming uh, to a close at one time. And you know what happens, cash flow becomes, you know, really critical because everybody wants their money. And so we were, we had not ever had to borrow money, but we needed a loan in order uh, for the cash flow. And so there were, our banker could not, uh, it wasn't a large enough bank to give us the loan that we needed. So he needed a bank to cooperate with him. And he couldn't find anybody that would cooperate and, and loan part of the money. Finally, he found one, one bank that said, okay, well, let me talk to them. Let me see the campus and we'll see what we can do. And so he came. And as my husband, uh, as they began to negotiate at um, a conference table, which was right over here, and my husband's desk was right here, as they began to negotiate and talk, and so the guy said, well, you know, the interest rate will be such and such, such and such. And my, and my husband said, you know, I, that interest rate is too high. Uh, our, our payments will be too high. We can't do that. And so the guy said, well, that's all we can do. So if can't do that well then you know we don't um we can't conduct business and so all of a sudden the holy spirit said to my husband said go over and start doing your paperwork now doesn't that sound stupid when somebody you hadn't been able to find anybody that would even consider a loan and you start talking about it and the holy ghost says start doing your paperwork but my husband knew hey you instantly obey the holy spirit so he started doing his paperwork. And so, of course, our banker and this banker was kind of startled that, you know, my husband was so rude. And so finally, uh, the, the banker said, well, aren't you going to come over here and, and do business? And this is what my husband said, because this is what he heard the Holy Ghost say. He said, you heard my deal. That's what I need. And if you can't do it, there is somebody that will. And it's like, oh, my Lord, you know, just what I said. Nobody will do this, you know. And so all of a sudden, the banker, not our banker, but the other banker said, oh, come on over here. You drive a hard bargain. Whatever you need, I'll give you. Hallelujah. 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 We need to be led by the Holy Ghost. In decisions, I was talking about uh, uh, decisions at one uh, crusade. And the Lord um, led me uh, to go to, let me see where this is. Uh, uh, To go to, there is over in, well, over in, it's right over here. I know where it is, somewhere. Over in uh, Matthew 10, 26. There it is. Okay, 26. It says, Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. Now, the Lord told me as I was, as we were talking about decisions, I said, listen, if you have decisions, and we're fixing to pray, uh, I said, if you have decisions, you start praying that the Lord will uncover anything that's been hidden. 
uncover anything that's been hidden. And so this particular couple, they were in real estate. They were about to sign a contract over some property. So that morning they prayed, God, you know, we're about to do this this afternoon. Now, if there's anything that's hidden that needs to be revealed, you let us know. Now, when they went back to read that contract and to read the fine print of the contract, which you usually don't read, all of a sudden there were things in that fine print that would have cost them thousands of dollars. They didn't sign it. They didn't sign it because all of a sudden it was revealed. But then their testimony was just a few hours later, another opportunity came that they made $30,000 on. Hallelujah. Decisions, decisions, decisions. Are you ready to go to God? Are you ready for him to lead you, to guide you, to be your counselor, to be whatever you need, to help you in any situation that you may be encountering? You know, you can ask people, but God is the best person that you can ask. Let's all stand up. Let's go to him. Let's pour out our heart to him. Talk to him. Let him talk to you. And let him minister to you exactly what you need this morning. Oh, Father, we come to you now. Oh, Pasele Brandanshi, Eli Branda, Solo Brandinshi, Le Prasite. Oh, Father, I thank you, Father, that as people are making critical decisions, critical decisions, God, I thank you that you shall lead them, that you shall guide them, that you shall direct them. I thank you, Father, oh, Mansela Brashili Brandinshi, that the Holy Spirit will warn them of things to come. Warn them of things to come. Oh, Father, may they be so sensitive to your spirit. May they be so sensitive to your spirit, Father. Oh, man, say, Tele Brandi, Shele Brandishi, that they shall recognize the Holy Spirit, Father that is there to help them in every situation, in every decision, Father. Oh, man, man, celebrate. of you that uh, the Lord has spoken to you many years ago and and you've given up and you thought, oh, that's not going to happen. That must not have been the Lord. No, the Lord is saying, oh yeah, I gave that to you, but the time was not then. The time is now. So boldly proclaim it. And as you proclaim it, it shall come to pass. Just as I've said, hallelujah, hallelujah. It may not come as you thought it would come. Oh, but as you look to me, ah, oh, the end results shall be what I've already given to you in your heart. Ah, pull So rest upon the journey uh, that I'm taking it, you through. And as you go through it, ah, oh, Mansete, what glorious a day you shall have in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated. Hallelujah. 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 You know, so many times and I, and sometimes I talk about our journey and God kind of, I, I learned patience because it seemed like everything he told me, it took 20 years for it to come to pass. So I knew I was going to live a long time because it gave me a lot, you know. But sometimes we need patience and sometimes, uh, you know, he has to work on every, on the whole plan. And sometimes he has to work with people and sometimes people are stubborn. Sometimes they don't listen. Sometimes they don't uh, uh, obey quickly. And sometimes he has to pass over some people to use others. And so it's so important that I learn to let God do it his way. His ways are so far higher than I ways. I uh, had to learn not to try to help God. That he didn't need any help. (laughs) But if we would rest in him, 
rest in him, he would bring it to pass just as he desired. Hallelujah. Well, I'll tell you what, I just always love to pray. It's so wonderful to pray. You know, and as you begin to pray and let the Lord lead you and what to pray about. Sometimes, you know, you start praying about something and God will just lead you into, in, into something else. And I just love it when he just takes you on a journey and uh, takes you down a path of prayer because prayer does change things. Prayer changes circumstances, and we need to learn to pray effectively. Well, it is investment time. Actually, today is Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.